Hello, David Old here again. We are back at the Katuma Katuma Christian Convention Centre up in uh, the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. It is CMS Summer School time. I am here with the speaker for the whole week, uh, Gary Miller, spelled A-R, not E-R. Already got that wrong a number of times this week. Uh, Welcome, Gary. Thanks for doing this. Good to have you with us. Uh, Good to be here. Good to catch up. Now, um... Uh, Gary, that accent's not Australian, I can tell. Where's it Where's it from? Um, Belfast in Northern Ireland. Belfast in Northern Ireland. You're a long way from home. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, although not, which is part of our conversation. Yes. Uh, but first of all, um, many people listening will not have a clue what I'm talking about when I say the CMS Summer School. Yep. Describe it to them. What's your description of CMS Summer School? What is it? Uh, 2,000 adults and 1,500 children gathered together listening to the Bible and hearing reports from... Uh, missionaries working with the Church Missionary Society all over the world. Outstanding. And and your role here? Uh, yeah, I'm doing the Bible talks in the mornings. So I've been, I've just finished number six out of seven talks on Jeremiah. Outstanding. We'll talk about Jeremiah uh, in a moment. Uh, let's let's do the story briefly of how you've ended up here. How does a boy who grew up in Belfast in Northern Ireland end up uh, where he's ended up, which is actually in Queensland at the moment, isn't it? That's right. So what's the brief story? Uh, grew up in Christian family, um, committed to going to church, kind of encouraged to read the Bible, yeah. but not be Jesus. Presbyterian. A Presbyterian yep. church, yeah, but not really. Jesus wasn't really kind of front and center, weren't talking constantly about Jesus or praying as a family yeah. or anything like that. When I was in my teens, suddenly you know, met some older Christians, youth leaders uh, who were living wholeheartedly for Jesus yep. and it kind of dawned on me yeah. what I meant by being a Christian what they meant wasn't quite the same <laughs> thing. Uh, from then on, just kind of started, I suppose, putting Jesus first. Yeah. Can uh, I just interrupt? Is Northern Ireland, is it, is it a particularly religious environment yeah. and and the Protestant slash Unionist, I know it's not quite the same yeah, thing, but yeah. is it is it a, a quite prominent, you know, predominantly yeah, the, religious? The, um, ev- where, where, I, where I grew up, Every, everyone, I if it, if you didn't go to church, you at least knew which church you weren't going to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a, a very high proportion of real Christians and a very high proportion of churchgoers on top yeah. of that, amongst yeah. the sort of fifty-eight percent of the population who are who are Protestant. Who are Protestant? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, really, just went to uni to do chemistry. Remember sitting in the the quadrangle of Belfast after a after a term, thinking, yeah, this is fine. I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing chemistry. Um, right. And that was, at that time, God was, I think, giving me a strong desire just to teach the Bible and proclaim Christ. Yeah. Finished my degree, went to Scotland, met my wife, who's a, uh, was born in Peru of Scottish missionary parents. As you do. Um, then got to the end of my degree, realized I didn't quite understand the Old Testament and how it pointed to Jesus. Uh, so that's a theological degree? <coughs> yeah, in Aberdeen. In Aberdeen, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So straight after university, straight yes. into secondary. Yes. Uh, yep. For those listening at home, don't do what I did. Don't do That's what you right. did. Why not? Interesting question. Why not? Uh, well, I think um, I then went and did a PhD right. straight away. So I, I was actually at university for 10 years, all told, when I went back and did some ordination subjects in, okay. in Belfast. Yeah. I, I think it, it's interesting. I do think it's important that you, you're able, if you're going to be a pastor, you need to know people. Right. You need to be able to identify with ordinary life, with what people yeah. are going through. I think in God's kindness, I mean, nobody has ever said to me, you know, oh, you, you obviously never worked for a living. Yes. <laughs> Although I didn't. Yeah. I think that was partly just the family we yeah. grew up, I grew up in and the way I'm, the way yeah. I'm hard. So I did that, was in ministry for five years in, 
nearly six years in Northern Ireland in a large church. Yeah. Then in 2000, I think felt the burden of nearly all the Christians living in the northeast corner of the island and went to Dublin to a pair of small churches where my wife and I were for 12 years in a yeah. church revitalization and kind of planting. Cool. Now, ministry. before we get you coming to Australia, I'm just yep. backtrack you. Uh, you did a PhD. I did. In, in what? In, on Deuteronomy. On Deuteronomy. Yeah. Uh, what in particular? What was it? What was it? Uh, how the whole book fits together. And, okay, and so it really was on Deuteronomy. Really was, uh, and how it's, it's all about grace, essentially. Oh, fantastic. So. Okay, is that publicly available? Uh, yeah, a version of it's in um, a book called Now Choose Life. Oh, fantastic. Great. Okay, so you're in Dublin, pastoring a church there. Yep. And I'm from Northern Ireland, pastoring in the Republic. Yep. I imagine that had its own complexities. Uh, fewer than one might think. Okay, good. In, in Dublin, in the city. Right. I think it would have been more complicated. If you go to the kind of to the regions in yeah, Ireland, yeah. it is more traditionally Catholic, right. more hostile to, to the north. Kind of, to the north. Yeah. Dublin, you know, two million people, cosmopolitan. Yeah. It's only... It's only you know a hundred k's. Yeah. Uh, from Belfast. here in here in Australia, we know nothing of these 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 separations of different cities and people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So you're in Dublin. Yep. Uh, so how does a how does a man from Northern Ireland marry a Scottish lady in Ireland? That's pretty tight locality. Yeah. How does he then end up in Australia? In the late nineties, uh, John Chapman and David Mansfield came from Australia from Sydney to do a mission in our church. Mm. Um, then invited me in two thousand and two to go to work with them for a month in Sydney, which I did. When I was there in 2002, I was invited back to do stuff in 2005, which I came and did. thought this was fantastic that suddenly, you know, people would fly me to the other side of the world. This complete stranger. Um, Then in 2010, I was was invited here to Katoomba to do the men's convention and to fill out my time. Now, I remember that Song of Songs. Yes. Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on, that's right. (laughs) Which I only ever do in men's conventions. Yes. <laughs> uh, but to fill out the time, they sent me up to Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and I went up to QDC. Uh, Queensland Theological Queensland College. Queensland Theological College. Yeah. Uh, it was quite funny because there'd been a bit of confusion and I thought I was teaching a class of you know six or seven people for ah. a quiet week on Deuteronomy. Right. It turned out to be a ministry conference for two and a half days at which I was the only speaker. Okay. So I spent the whole time just kind of preparing ahead of the posse. And didn't see anything of Brisbane, you know, just sure. was exhausted, I've came back, trips, yeah. lovely people, got back on the plane. No, and I honestly, I'd never had any intention or even inkling. Yeah. I'd never even asked myself, do you think we might end up, you might end up in Australia? Sure. Was totally committed to Dublin. Yeah. And then uh, six months later, I got a, an email out of the blue asking if I'd consider being the principal of Queensland Theological College. And did you consider it immediately? Oh, uh, it was really annoying. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I, I, mean, I wasn't, I'm not saying I was, wasn't peppered with requests or anything, but, yeah. you know, it's one thing to say no to one of your mates from Northern Ireland and just say, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Yeah, yeah. It just would have seemed, seemed rude to say to someone from the other side of the world who'd gone to the trouble of saying, we'd like you to do this specific job for these reasons. Yes. Just leave me alone. So we decided, Fiona and I decided we'd spend a few days just actually praying about our assumption that we were would be in the church in Dublin yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. And as we did that, much to our surprise, we we realized quite quickly that sooner or later we would need to move on for the benefit of the church. And then in that sense, moving moving to Queensland was quite easy. It, 
was it really hard to leave pastoral? I know yeah. being a principal of Queensland of a theological college, it, there is pastoral ministry. But yeah. was it hard to leave the pastoral ministry behind to a more academic? Um... Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I firmly believe the local church is where the real action is. Yeah. Um, and loved Dublin, loved pastoral ministry, loved every, you know, yeah. well, there are always bits that yeah. fight harder than others. Um stepping out of that was hard yeah. and and I, I mean I'm a pastor who happens to have a PhD yeah. you know there are others even some of my colleagues who are academics with a pastoral heart yeah um you know that this isn't it's not modesty I I'm always I want to communicate you know yeah. I don't yeah. I don't want to speak you're a, you're a preacher I am a preacher. not a book writer is that yes. a fair way of putting it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. the book the books I've written look suspiciously like sermons like <laughs> because they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that so. But for me, the the beauty of the role that I have is, for example, I preach. I preach basically every week in college chapel. Yeah, and and I need to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so that 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 helps me survive. And then I do get lots of opportunities yeah. to teach the Bible around the place. But what I miss, <coughs> pardon me, I really miss walking through life with people. Right. As, as a pastor, that's yeah. that. And as a principal, you probably only really get involved pastorally with <coughs> with the big stuff. Yeah, that happens at college, not but just the day to day. Big stuff and short. I mean, it's a you know, college. We've got one hundred and thirty students. It's still small enough that yeah. that there there are those relationships. But it's yeah. a bit like student ministry. Sure, you get three years and then yeah, yeah, then they're gone. Yeah. Now, um, you've now become Australian citizens. You and your families. That's that, that's right. That's correct. So I have a, a slightly strange question about about this. Because, um, as you can tell from my accent, well, I don't have one, for a start. But I, I'm not from here originally as well. Um, and I have these thoughts about citizenship, and I'm not quite just not sure how important <coughs> it is or, or, or not. But I'd love to hear um, how you how you think about it. For me, it's the, it's the contrast between, this is going to sound very pretentious, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, you and I have said, I vow to thee, my country. Yeah. Uh, in a number of different places. Yeah. And yet we also say, but there's another country I've heard of long ago. Yes. Uh, yeah. Most dear. Yeah. Uh, so what, what for you is the interplay between those two things? Have you given any thought to what it means to be a citizen of a, of a place? Wait. That's a good question. I think um, for us, because because I'm married to uh, a, a Scott born in Peru from right. a missionary family, yeah. and we've never lived in a place that either of us is actually from, that's made life easier, yeah. you know, in the sense that for us, home really always has been where we are. And because of the fact that we're both kind of quite passionate people, um, just instinctively we need to commit to what's in front of us. <coughs> Pardon me. And I'm not sure that that's, I think that's partly the kindness of God. It's not simply godliness. It is just, I think, the way we're wired yeah. as people. Yeah. But that has meant that I think for us... Um, you know, when we went to Dublin, for example, we knew that we needed to commit to the people because in an Irish context, where all the big churches are in Northern Ireland, somebody comes down to be a minister of a small church. The people yeah. in church are just waiting for you to go so, to yeah, a bigger yeah, church yeah. back in Northern Ireland, yeah, especially yeah. when you're from there. So it dawned on us pretty quickly that we would have to convince people that we were absolutely committed to them and we weren't going anywhere, yeah. you know, quickly. Yeah. And I think that helped. And so... I think for me, you know, I am I in an Irish context. As soon as I open my open my mouth, people know exactly where I'm from on the island. Yes, 
region, your accent locates you yeah, very specifically, yeah, like yeah, England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was okay for me to be, you know, an Ulsterman. Yeah, that's who I am. But I needed to work really hard to show people that I was absolutely committed, committed. to Dublin. Yeah. And really, we've just repeated that. You know, both in terms of like I am, I am a Queenslander. Yeah. So and you wear the maroon. Not I maroon. certainly, I certainly do. And yeah. you know, every time, you know, there is. Uh, but my secret spies tell me you may not be as committed as you say you are. Uh, so Ireland finally have a winning team. What do you mean finally? In, yes, in the rugby. So when they smashed Australia recently, yep. Did you cheer? Oh, of course, I was at Suncorp. You were at Suncorp with, with my Ireland shirt on and yeah, my family yeah. cheering for the yeah. Irish. However, um, my wife was questioning whether it was appropriate to sing the Australian national anthem and, and then Ireland's cheer for call. Ireland. But I, I don't see any any problem with that at all. It's still a callous conscience. Still, I yeah. see. Uh, um, I had this thing with my boy where when we had the the cricket World Cup. Um, and there was a possibility of England playing Australia and yep. I turned to him and of course you just don't you suddenly realise your kids have not known what you knew the yep. deep wisdom of growing up in a different place uh, and I said <laughs> who are you going to cheer for and he went Australia and it was like a knife excellent yeah. you see because my experience I've, I've loved cricket my whole life Yeah. but I realised that by default I was an England supporter yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean I didn't support England in any other sport other than cricket Yes. and then finally I moved to Australia and just felt instinctively the blessed relief of being to th- being able to support Australia uh, with a clear conscience and it was like a great weight being lifted off my shoulders and thank um, you for the interview yeah. that was really good <laughs> that was great now but so but, but in God's kindness, you say you have sort of thrown yourself in yeah. uh, uh, to to utterly demolish uh, that text from from Jeremiah. It is a bit like you know, yeah. build houses, plants, yeah. uh, pl- plant, plant, uh, and 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 wait it out. Yeah. Um, which is a gloriously brilliant segue. Yeah. Is like what I did there uh, into moving into into what you've been doing this week, which is speaking about Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm just observing that your PhD was in Deuteronomy, not a small book. Yeah. And did they ask you to do Jeremiah, or did you just go Jeremiah will be fun? I volunteered. You volunteered. Yes. <laughs> do, do you get called reckless often? Um, <laughs> so I've loved it. Yeah. I've, I've absolutely loved it. Um, what have you loved about getting back into Jeremiah? What, what has surprised you? What have you seen? What is it you wish you could have preached that you had to cut? Like, what's been what's been the thing? Just go, oh, look at this. Um, I think I think the thing I love about Jeremiah is it's the the, the sheer intensity. Everything about it is intense, full on. It's a real roller coaster ride of emotion, and I think that's what makes makes it hard to read when you're reading it slowly, because yeah. it it it's all just too much. But but I think having the opportunity to move through it quickly enough yeah. that that you do get the sense that it's it's moving somewhere, that it is um, it is driving us to. The brokenness of sinful humanity and the incredible grace of God and the horrendous reality of judgment—you yeah. get you get all that rolled into one. I think I'm also I'm slightly perverse that I've always liked the challenge of of going to the parts of the Bible that people don't read or can't get and having a crack at trying to at trying to make it make it plain. That they're not actually as tough as we think they are. So, what are the um, what are the really weird bits in Jeremiah? Then, for example, that you've kind of had a crack at, where you just don't think anybody else has ever really. You've not heard anybody 
I think I think the the what the confessions of Jeremiah that they're normally called the really miserable bits yeah. that run from kind of chapter eleven through to chapter twenty. Yeah. I think I don't think I've ever heard anybody kind of convey to me that this is just a guy creaking under the horrible reality of sinful people ignoring God yeah. and having to speak to those people. And in that sense, I don't want to overplay it, but I think that in terms of categories, Jeremiah is setting us up to understand what the Lord Jesus actually went through. Yes. As he felt the weight of our sin, spoke to people, was rejected, was crucified, and ultimately actually bore the wrath of God. Yeah. You know, so it's not, I don't want, you know, I, yeah. I think incarnational ministry is a bit of an unhelpful term, yeah. but there's a sense in which Jeremiah Jeremiah lives his message. Yeah. We're at church this year. We're going to be preaching through 2 Corinthians, two Corinthians yeah. amongst mm-hmm. other things. And so that I've already been reading ahead. And so there's all the resonances for me. Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? I yes. Mean, this is authentic gospel ministry is, is cross-shaped. Yes. Uh, particularly yeah. today when we were looking at other uh, people being led away. Uh, I just couldn't help but think of, you know, chapter two, but we're always led in that triumphal procession, yes. which is yeah. not actually me at the front waving, going, yes. I want It's yeah. me being dragged along in a chain. Yeah. Uh, um, 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 um afterwards and the other thing for me and tell me if i'm right on this um it, for me what's been really helpful is to what often the stuff isn't the way it's in our head intellectually but we actually need to feel it deep in our heart for me it is seeing the the exile as just the total unraveling of the promises of deuteronomy yeah and so just the way that consistently it's you didn't do this and so i'm taking away all that stuff yeah. until it's actually just it's almost as though um, am I right in saying this? That it's almost as though God just takes uh, a scraper and scrapes away from the land of Israel yeah. all the goodness that had been put in there until yeah. almost like chapter four, right? The land is desolate, and it's almost yeah. like the start of creation, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, right again, yeah. and just feeling the depths of that. Yeah. Um, do you think we just don't do enough in our preaching of of the emotion rather than the just here are the facts? Yeah. We almost do here are the facts, but actually. Here's the emotion of it. Can you feel the depth yeah. of this? Yeah, I think I think I think that's true. I think I, I don't want to. I think there is this slight danger that we say, "Oh, we're too cerebral. There's too much information. Therefore, we need emotion." Yeah. But but I think I think the, especially with the Old Testament, but actually the whole Bible, the text actually gives us the emotional. It tells us what the emotional tenor is, what the impact is. It, yeah. I think actually the text does the heavy lifting for us. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, the, the delight of having seven talks in Jeremiah, there are parts of it where I think really all I've been doing is kind of standing back and letting the text do the work and yeah. going, look at what he says. Oh, he says it again, 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 again. Are you getting it? You know, yeah, yeah. Can you feel the weight of this? Yeah. And I think that's, I think we need to do a bit more of that. And that's the challenge, you know. I have the luxury, unlike a local church pastor who, you know, you, you know what I say, you preach the series and then you park, you think that's okay, that's me, that's me done with yeah, that book for yeah, yeah. 10 years or whatever it <laughs> is. I have a, the opportunity to come back, think a little more, tweak more, work on stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, the ability to, to kind of sit with a book long enough that I can then go, okay, here's the, the kind of emotional, effective, affectional fabric of the book this is what it should feel like when you read through through jeremiah and this is what we should take away this is what we should do yeah 
Now you've just you've already alluded to it, um, but let's go there now. Um, as you've been preaching through, uh, you've been quite deliberately uh, uh, Christocentric yep. uh, about what what you've been doing, um, and it's not just that you've gone. It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it's not just that you've gone. Ah, oh, this is a this is kind of like Jesus. It almost feels to me like you've been deliberately looking for him. Uh, um, not in a here, where's Wally kind of way. I'll just paint him <laughs> in there because I can't find him. Yeah, uh, which is what I did once on a where's Wally page. Just was done let's paint him in um which is because the danger that we do with the old testament right but you've you've been looking for him what's been your process as you've done that so as you've as you've shown us for example in his in his just patient endurance of suffering as he proclaims um what's what's going on do you what's your framework are you aware of what it is are you being deliberate um as you go about it uh tell, tell us about that yeah i mean i think um you know, I think if we take Luke 24 seriously, yeah. um, what, what's going on? The Old Testament is always driving us towards Jesus. Yeah. But I think for me, that's that's a forward-looking thing. Yeah. So I think my process is what I'm trying to do is go and sit in the text, if you yeah. like, yeah. And, and sit in the text, read the text, mull it over until I feel the text itself pushing me towards the Lord Jesus. Yes. Now, in some cases, that will be explicit. Yes. You know, there are places, Jeremiah says, there's a Davidic yeah, coming yeah. who will sort everything out. Yeah. But there are other places where it's, you know, Jeremiah's introducing, uh, the book's introducing categories, yeah. describing the ways in which God acts, yeah. um, describing the realities of life in sinful Israel yeah. that are then picked up and amplified later in the, in the New Testament. Now, you know, I'm not saying that Jeremiah necessarily yeah. got all that's going on, but yeah. in the in the if the Bible is one book, yeah. that that we should expect to see very clear patterns, yeah. resonances, categories, yeah. trajectories that are driving us towards Jesus. Yeah. Now, but that's where I want to describe it that way around. Yep. Because that's what saves me, I think, from just importing stuff. So so uh, and this is um I'll be very frank. This is one of my favourite topics. Mm. This is I spent yeah. my last year at Moore College looking at this topic and so on and so forth. How much of that do you think? It's a loaded question. How much of that do you think is not just an intellectual exegetical exercise? It's mm -hmm. actually a spiritual exercise. By which I mean, if the Holy Spirit and we and we agree that He is, if He is the author of the whole of the, of the Scripture, and if He's the Spirit who points us towards the Lord Jesus Christ, then if I have the Spirit in me, I ought to have that resonance in me that sees the Lord Jesus Christ in the text in those many different ways, even though it's not explicit. Is that, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so as you see Jeremiah yeah. suffering, uh, and you see this model and this pattern, nowhere does the book of Jeremiah or the rest of the New Testament just go, by the way, that's that, like yes, Jesus. Yeah, and yet, yeah. you and I read it and we just go, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. I know him. Well, this morning even, you know, yeah. it's, there's uh, Jeremiah's being messed around and Zedekiah's listening to him and throwing yeah. around, pulling around. And I mean, it, it is just And it's so, a trial before Pilate, isn't it's it? It's a trial before Pilate. Yeah. It's John and it's Herod and John yeah. the Baptist. It's Paul and Fest. And it's just, you know, yeah. nowhere in the New Testament does yeah. it say, you know, for this, to understand this trial, go back and yes. read Zedekiah. So what legitimizes that reading? Because I'm sitting there going, yes, obviously. Yeah. But what do you think, like, is this something that legitimizes that that reading of the text? Um, like I know it's a difficult. It's, it's yeah, almost like an intangible. Yeah. But but what, yeah. what's going on there? Uh, well, I think you know if you handle the Old Testament, I think this is where if you handle the Old Testament text responsibly, what, all what I'm, I think is perfectly legitimate to say 
look at what happens here. Yeah. You look at Jesus' trial with Pilate. Yeah. That's the same thing. Yeah. The issues are the same. The details are the same. Now, I wouldn't go to the stake saying, you know, that Matthew, for example, is modeling his account on Jeremiah. I don't know yeah. who he is. Yeah. You know? But the patterns are there. Are there. Yeah. And, and I think, I, I actually think it's an entailment of what Jesus says in Luke 24, yeah. of the fact that all scripture is God-breathed, right. that we can expect a consistency at multiple yeah. levels. Let me try a line on you, see if you like yeah. this. Uh, Luther said that um, the Old Testament is the is the bedclothes that the Christ child is laid in. Yeah. So is it therefore true that if I lift the Christ child out of those bedclothes, I ought to see his impression in the folds and creases left behind? <laughs> do you like that? <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I could run with that. You could run with that. Yeah. Excellent. That's good. We could. We could. We could. Uh, <coughs> uh, I just want to ask you about uh, two more things, uh, very briefly. Um, you are still looking after the Gospel Coalition here in Australia. Yep. Yep. Um, interesting that here in Australia they picked a at the time non-Australian <laughs> to to uh, uh, to do that. What what's the what's the position of the Gospel Coalition at the moment in Australia? What ought we to look forward to in two thousand and nineteen uh, and twenty? Um, yeah, I, I think growing sense across the nation, just a growing a growing number of people who want to work together in gospel partnership. Um, so. Uh, both in areas where existing gospel networks have said, look, we want to be friends with you. Yeah. And also new places like the Aurora, uh, where, you know, they've become an actual gospel coalition chapter yeah. in, in capital cities. Yeah. Um, growing cooperation amongst people, our friends, and I mean, we're all the same people in a way, but yeah. uh, gospel networks, you know, like, you know, the City Bible Forum, Geneva, you know. Um, so we're actually trying to talk together and work together about promoting the gospel. Yeah. Um, and I think um, there's a new Asian network has started um, pulling people together, particularly in, in around New South Wales. But it's very important for us. We said from the beginning, we're actually about gospel ministry on the ground. It's bottom up. So it's not particularly about, you know, a big banner, let's pull everybody together. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. there's a place for that. But it is actually about where it's appropriate in ways that are effective, building up gospel relationships yeah. so that we're more aware of what we can do together, what what God is doing, so that together we keep the gospel kind of front and centre. It, it, it seems to me that um, the Gospel Coalition in Australia is far less... Um, look, you look at what the Americans are doing, which is the central thing, and, and uh, as, as one gentleman that you and I uh, talked about a while ago would have said yes but they're Americans yes, um, yes. It, it's bigger it's grander it's it's more in your, in your face I don't mean that in a negative sense just yeah, that's just uh, they're, they're Americans but here it's it's a lot more unassuming uh, yeah. quiet almost I don't want to say humble is yeah. that is that an outworking of just the Australian way of doing things and, yeah and, so and yeah. it's quiet and it's deliberate you know um, I mean in America I mean it's a bit simplistic yeah. crass even but in a sense what happened was Don Carson, Tim Keller, and John Piper said, "Let's do this," and off they went. And you know, yeah. tens of thousands of people uh, followed, followed them. them as they do. Yes, yeah, right. that's yeah. not really going to work here. No, you know? no. Um, even if they hadn't had a you know an Irish and a Hong Kong Chinese being the, being the being first a, people to talk about it. Yeah. But even you know, the, the, that's we, we set out to say, look, w that will not work. Yeah, and actually, that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah, um, and our American brothers have been great. You know, we're autonomous. We're friends we do our own thing there's no yeah. pressure yeah. but but i think for us it it is a case of going slowly yeah. because if we believe that if we think this is worth doing because we think that in 20 years the gospel might be in a better place because right. of it 
but that means it's worth doing it properly stepping forward building relationships and sometimes people say so what is the gospel coalition doing yeah doing a lot of that no we had 1400 people in brisbane city hall yeah in queensland a few weeks ago you know and in some places like brisbane where there really wasn't a gospel network yeah you know that that it's a bit of a no-brainer yeah that you can do things like that Sydney's going to be very different. Sure. So is Melbourne, Adelaide, yeah, and so on. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Okay, one last thing. Yeah. Um, so you're now the, the principal of the Theological College yep. here in Queensland, and um, the Bible is, how can I put this, um, it's an academic textbook at times for, yeah. for you and for your students, and, and it's I can imagine it's easier. It's hard enough uh, just in pastoral ministry when you're preaching not to almost view the Word of God that way. Even yeah. as you're preaching life-giving words, you're like, I've got to get through it. I've got to get through it. Yeah. Um, what do you do to, as a friend of mine put it, maintain the rage? Yeah. By what she means, just keep it fresh. Keep the Bible as the life-giving word of God to you and to your students rather than just this thing to get through to pass exams uh, at the end. What, what is it you particularly found helpful uh, to do that? What keeps um, you fresh? Yeah, uh, I think, well, I mean, I alluded to this earlier. Our, our week starts with College Chapel on Tuesday morning. We're generally where I preach. Yeah. And that's, that's quite deliberate, yeah. you know, that that's... Every week we submit to the Word of God yeah. at the beginning of the week yeah. before we do anything else, yeah. and we try to maintain that tone. I think personally, you know, for me, um, I, the other thing is I, I have to be involved in ministry. I, you know, and it doesn't. Sometimes it just flows out of work. Sometimes it's separate, but I need to be in church listening to the Word of God myself. Sundays when you know my pastor preaches to me, I need to be involved in ministry. And I need to remember all the time, you know, that that doesn't matter whether it's an Old Testament class or college chapel or whatever, that that my first responsibility is to is to listen to this and and live it out. And that's hard, but that's the kind of tone we try to we try to set. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I don't know whether it's um, it's uh, uh, apocryphal or not, you know. But but I think it was someone told me. I think it was Broughton Knox, you know. It was was supposed to have said he didn't want anyone teaching at Moore College who wanted to be there. Now, yeah. now whether he said that or not, I, I can actually say at QTC, I, I get that. I don't, I, you know, we, we have a sort of trick question, you know, that we have asked applicants, you know, would you really like to be an academic, you know, in biblical studies or theology? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, um, our response is well. We think we can recommend some colleges where you might apply. <laughs> you know, no, you know, everybody's got PhDs. You've all got to have the the goods. But actually, we I think it's vital to have teaching people teaching pastors who either want to be pastors or are pastors or at least are passionately committed to seeing people equipped for pastoral ministry that's great Gary we're grateful uh, for this season at least uh, that you've been uh, doing that um, in Queensland we're grateful for your time uh, uh, this week and I'm grateful for uh, just this time with us now thanks very much thanks David